welcome to We Forgive You, the show where we formally forgive your favorite's worst films. I'm Alex Fernandez, a writer at Places. <laughs> I'm Sarah Sorrentino. I'm an associate editor at Talk Film Society and other things. All right. How are you, Sarah? Emotionally? Um, yeah, sure. I'm okay. It could be better. I mean, we, we started out with a film that I really dislike. Yeah. So, so emotionally, I could be in a better place. And uh, we've talked about other films that we're going to do for this series, and I'm I'm concerned. And mostly, it's my fault. I'm bringing up the worst ones first. I think. Yeah, you're really front loading it with shit, and also you're making me like really self conscious of the fact that I've seen a lot of bad movies in my time. Like, there's a lot of things on that list that I've already seen. I think the worst part is we've gone to the premieres to these movies. <sighs> yeah, we've gone yeah. to the midnight premiere. Of this movie that we're about to talk about. Like, you, right? You did, too. Uh, not midnight premiere, because I was oh. not... Because I was going with my parents, and my parents aren't staying up until midnight. My parents did go to me, with me to the midnight really? premiere. Really? Well, jeez, yeah. sorry. My parents aren't that cool. God. My parents love me. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And they saw all of Spider-Man 3 with you. Yes, they did. Well, okay, we're saying parents, because I was just, you know, like, not being specific. My mother and my younger sister went to the midnight premiere of this film with me. Okay, Because this right. is pre-7 pre, uh, p.m. premieres. Remember the days when you yeah, midnight? Yeah, you had to actually go at midnight. Now you just 7 p.m., 6 p.m., fuck it, come the day before, and we'll have Jerry, our projectionist, go ahead and just put it on for you. Nobody cares anymore. Jerry Jerry dropped out of high school anyway, so he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have anything going on right now, so we can just call him over. It's no big deal. We'll just give him some hot Cheetos, and he'll be fine about it. It's Wednesday. We hacked the the passcode that Disney gives us to get into this movie early. Show up. Yeah, it's always Mickey Mouse 01, so like I don't know what these guys are playing at. Like Super easy to crack. <laughs> Mickey Mouse 01? Yeah, it's really easy. <laughs> You heard it here first, guys. You want to hack into that that uh, premiere can, of the new Avengers? Yeah, film? you can get the deep code for the new for Avengers: uh, Infinity War Part Two, but not that because it's not called that. Walt is coming back real soon. Zero zero one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the passcode, guys. This is getting deep. That's this is some deep projectionist stuff. Like I was never a projectionist, so there's definitely a code though. I've been told. You've been told there's like what you have to. So is it just a computer up there at this point? Like, it's not film, right? So is it no, just, like, some dude's fucking Acer laptop just, like, running yes. these movies? It's literally DCP. Like, they give you, like, just the passcode to get into this. I'm 100% sure that all you have to do this is, is have, such like, the bullshit. passcode they gave you. And they don't give it to you until, like, m- like uh, minutes before. God, I hope they never remake Cinema Paradiso in, like, 2018, because it's going to be a shitty movie, knowing that up there on the in the back of the fucking projectionist room is just a dude on a shitty Acer laptop and scrolling through different tabs and, like, playing fucking checking out... <laughs> playing World of Warcraft and, like, checking out 4chan while uh, everybody down there is having a cinematic experience. I don't want to come hard at these projectionist guys, but 100%, they're on 4chan. <laughs> that is literally who we're talking about. They're on Reddit. Okay, let's not pretend it's 2007 anymore. They're on Reddit, and they're and they're playing... They're playing... Uh, do the kids play Fortnite now? They're playing Fortnite. For um, sure. Well, That's why well. when it, some, sometimes sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the, their laptops will get too hot and then the movie like crashes for like a minute because <laughs> they're too busy playing Fortnite and they got the settings up way too high. It's an Acer laptop, guys. That shit ain't running Fortnite on high quality settings. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> you, you need to treat your Acer better. That's all I have to say. Yeah. That's the new hashtag. Come on. 
I was just about to say that uh, you know, when Y two K finally happens, we're really screwed. We're, we're gonna have we're gonna have no movies. Yeah, we're gonna be really fucked. We're gonna have to go back to books. Oh, we're gonna have to read our screenplays. Jesus, and picture the images, picture the scenes in your head, guys. Can you believe that? Can I'm gonna be so pissed after Y two K happens and a screenwriter goes up to me and says, "Hey, this is a movie," and he's gonna hand me pages. Pages on paper? That's not a movie. That's a homework assignment. Fuck you. Aren't you a writer? Why are you acting like this? I should be the one that's saying this. Literally, you write, and I'm sitting here like, I won't read shit. (laughs) Listen, if you're a writer, and also you as an editor would know that there's no greater burden than somebody handing you a screenplay and saying, hey, can you just look at this real quick? I never do. Literally. Yeah, I know, because I've given you my scripts and you don't read those either. I refuse. It's so much work. Do you know how hard it is to get me? Talk Film Society people know that it's very hard to get me to edit more than one thing in a week. <laughs> I do the shit for free, okay? No one pays me. Wow. I, I think I was paid once to edit, and even then I was like, $3 a page? Kill me. All <laughs> I can't. Right, so, literally can't. All right, so, so if I give you some money, will you read my script? How much? See how quiet I got? See how quiet I got? Nobody wants to pay me to read. Hold on. Just check my bank account real quick. What do editors even do? Anybody can read. (laughs) 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 What do I even do? What's my career? I'm having a real moment right now. Can we move on? I'm upset. Okay, yeah, I'm really sorry. Yeah. I went to school for this. Okay, let's keep going. So We Forgive You is, as you've no doubt guessed, a podcast where we forgive famous directors, actors, writers, people in cinema who have created some blunders and really need uh, need to be forgiven by us, obviously. By us. Specifically us. Yeah, because nobody else could do community. it. No one else has sat here and said, it's time. To yeah. forgive them and let them move on with their careers. Because I've asked Film Twitter, hey, who's the head of Film Twitter? Who's your who's your or spokesperson? Film Twitter can't agree, so it's going to be us instead. There's no head of film. We, we all hate each other on Film Twitter, so it's important that Alex and I step forward. <sighs> yeah. Are you okay? So we're... <laughs> Sorry, I'm still thinking about the projectionist on his Acer laptop playing Fortnite. What was his name again? Uh, Steve? Oh, I mean, it might as well be. It is now. Sorry. It is now. Sorry, Steve. Sorry, All Steve. All the Steves out there. So, today... So, we... Okay. No, you do it. No, I like it when you do it, actually. You like it when I take control? Uh, we're going to talk about Spider-Man 3, directed by Sam Raimi. Starring Tobey Maguire, Kristen Dunst, oh. Topher Grace, uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Franco. Uh, James Franco. And um, I almost said oh. J. Jonah Jameson. That's not his, that's not his name. That's his name. <laughs> it's not... J.K. Simmons. That's his real God-given name. Um, so this is a movie. And uh, who are we forgiving for Spider-Man 3, honestly? We have differing differing opinions about Maguire and his performance in any of the Spider-Man films. I hate him. I think he's uh, terrible. But we can both I think agree. He totally, I think he totally works for what Sam Raimi is doing with this vision of Spider-Man. But that, that's a whole thing. I think we'll get yeah. into that. We'll get into that, but what we really can agree upon is Raimi needs to be forgiven. This almost, like, this is a hard moment for Raimi. They tried to ruin Raimi. And by they, I mean the man, the system, trying yeah. to bring Raimi down. After Spider-Man 2, they tried to do this to Raimi. After he delivered Spider-Man 1 and 2 to Sony's lap, and he said, Hey, 
hey, Mr. Sony, look at these good movies I made you. These are going to be classics in all of superhero cinema and all of American cinema for years to come. Sony said, yeah, but where's Venom? We love Venom. We love that gooey bastard. And then they made him make Spider-Man 3, and this is where we're at now. We love that gooey bastard is the, the title of this podcast. It's It's the episode. subtitle for Venom. Oh, okay. For the podcast. Okay, cool. Uh, this yeah, episode we didn't is agree called on that We Love That Gooey Bastard. We just made this decision. Sarah's taking control again. We love All right. this gooey bastard. Fair enough. Um, yeah, you know, Raimi didn't deserve this. And I think it, it traumatized him. And he hasn't he hasn't really uh, fully come back yet. He hasn't really stepped back into, like, blockbuster cinema in the same way ever since. I mean, uh, Oz the Great and Powerful was, I guess, a stab back into it. But that didn't really pan out either. And it's sort of, like... We don't get Raimi the way that we got him uh, in the early 2000s anymore, which is a bit of a shame. It, it, it sucks. Like, Spider-Man 3, despite your opinions of the movie, just it is kind of unforgivable, mostly just for the fact that it's taken away uh, the, the spotlight from Sam Raimi in the way that it has. It, put a, it definitely put, like, a mark on the whole franchise and killed it, basically. I mean, they had to reboot it. So I think it's important that we take this episode to try to talk it out, and maybe forgive Raimi for what he's done. All right, let's chat through it. Spider-Man 3 is a movie that happened, and we it's both like, watched it. I bought like it! Th- it's like three fucking hours long, and half of it is uh, relationship issues, and I am very tired. Alex, I bought it. Yeah, well, here's the thing. So I own it, too. Oh, my God. Because I got the Spider-Man trilogy on Blu-ray. Yeah, it was gifted do. to me by a wonderful friend. Um, Not me. And I never really thought, like, I would have to use that movie. You thought you just watch the other two and forget the third one that ever happened? Yeah. And here's the thing, too. Spider-Man 3 Blu-ray has two discs worth of content, which, considering the size of a Blu-ray disc... I know! ...and its capacity is staggering. I know. I looked at the bonus, like, disc as I was opening it up to put it in, and I was just like, oh, God... I never want to touch that thing. Like, I just don't want to know about the troubled, the truly troubled production of this three-in-one film. (laughs) So, I guess, let's... How did you like Spider-Man 3, Sarah? (laughs) I wrote something like... I was was pretty miserable. I was, like, live-tweeting it just to get through it. And, um... I was in my home, so it's okay. But I think I decided... I think the only reason I was going to forgive it was for Danny Elfman and uh, uh, <laughs> Tobey Maguire's apartment. <laughs> Isn't that apartment great? That's the only true de- depiction of a shitty New York City I apartment. Do, I, yeah, I, I I love all the sets in the Spider-Man trilogy. Like, that original trilogy just has such character in all of its sets, whether it's Peter's apartment or, like, that jazz club uh, in, in this mm-hmm. movie, which we'll talk about <laughs> later because that's a huge con for me, but... Uh, but yeah, the movie still looks pretty good, at least when it's not delving into 2007-era CGI. See, no, but, I was going to say the CGI is is passable for me. Because I, I, Spider-Man 1, and uh, Spider-Man 1 is atrocious, CGI-wise. That's mm-hmm. all I mean, CGI-wise. Don't get upset. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have not re-watched Spider-Man 2 in a very long time, and that's a conversation that we've had. Uh, but I was okay. Like that opening, that opening swing shot, I was okay with it. I was like, okay, I knew it was not going to be great, but for Mm -hmm. over a decade old, that's not bad. I would say the biggest issue is in the opening action scene where you get an, uh, 
unsuited, unmasked Peter CGI fighting uh, the new mm-hmm. Goblin. And I think, like, I'm sure they felt at that time like they were at the best position to, like, CG render Tobey Maguire swinging around, but it still looks a little bit rough, especially since Spider-Man 2 doesn't have a lot of that. Spider-Man 1 does have a little bit with the um, his, like, wrestling suit showing, like, his dead CGI eyes whenever he's swinging around. Uh... I, I think it's okay. That CGI eyes is my new band. Yeah, name. actually, that's that's Tobey Maguire's <laughs> band. Please leave him alone. He's trying his best. <laughs> he he just wants a he career. He just needs you guys. something. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm gonna say that, but he's actually in uh, Black Klansman. Really? Which what? Is coming out? Yeah, yeah. I'm not wrong. I if I'm wrong about that, and I have to go back and edit this, I'm gonna be very upset. But no, no, no. He plays like the main KKK guy. Really? That's he's really found his element. Oh guys. my god. <laughs> This is your Spider-Man America, anyway. <laughs> no, but that's why I... That's another reason why I'm feeling a little bit better about this film. I'm like, okay, tell me, McGuire, he's still working. He's doing some stuff. That's not a bad film to be yeah. in. Um, you know, Kirsten Dunst, this didn't end her career. This is not a career ender for anybody who was in this film. No. I mean, they made it. They're fine. And, and here's the thing, too. Like, I don't think it's a particularly poor showing for anybody in it. I think so many of the movie's problems can come down to just, like, uh, the overlapping of too many storylines. I think it's, so much of it is just a scripting issue, and I'm sure that was put on by studios and different forces. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's I, I can't really say that I disliked anybody's performance in this. Like, No, no. I mean, I, I could say that, but that's because I have, like, preconceived. Uh-huh dislike for a lot of the actors yeah. in this movie but <laughs> even Raimi made uh drag me to hell after this mm-hmm. which i haven't seen so i can't speak to that well i also haven't seen it but um my campy horror friends love it so yeah i think that's really a good show <laughs> mm-hmm. then he made oz and then he made oz the great and powerful that. which was a, a movie he's that... like i love franco franco's my best friend let's go make oz yeah Let's go do it. Uh, and, we'll, and the guy from Scrubs is a talking monkey, and he's going to yell at you a lot. Hope you like this. Wait, Zach Braff? Yeah, Zach Braff. He was the monkey. Dear God, that's a nightmare. Yeah, I know. That's literally all I think about. Um, <laughs> you try to sleep, and all you hear is Zach Braff yeah, as a monkey. Yeah, as that fucking monkey in like a mailman outfit. Ugh. So I'm so uncomfortable right now. When I saw Spider-Man 3 back in like 2007, like I enjoyed it coming out of the theater like i i was young and uncritical i thought it was pretty good i did not i hated really? it i was very upset oh yeah i was i remember being upset i was there with my mother and my sister and then we got in the theater and i was somehow sat next to someone i knew who i also had a crush on so we were super excited about spider-man 3 uh-huh. and then also i was like really excited to sit next to this boy and uh we both hated the movie me and this guy um, it didn't bring us closer together. <laughs> and all I remember is that terrible scene. And I was going to say, I, I need to give you a little disclaimer. I have not seen this film since seeing it in the theater. Oh, that wow. Time. So okay. it was so vividly bad that I remember why it was bad. So nothing was a surprise. So so for me, <laughs> Spider-Man 3 is a movie that like I, I thought was okay. It wasn't as... I recognized it wasn't as good as the ones that came before, but I still enjoyed parts of it. And uh, I would continually watch bits of it, like when it came out on DVD. I rewatched it then. Um, FX played it constantly because you know FX has the movies, <laughs> and so FX has. I don't remember how that song. Me goes. neither. I, I think. It, yeah, no. Let's not go there. Uh, 
but I would rewatch it. They're not paying bits us. Bits of it. Hey, FX, you guys want to pay us for this? You guys want to put us in there? Well, you can do like a little picture-in-picture thing where like when you put a bad movie on, which is all the time, be honest, uh, you can just have us sort of pop in <laughs> there and do like a little commentary on like specific bits of the movie. How many times do they play I Am Legend? <laughs> so many. And Fantastic they're, Four. They are really keeping the flag alive. Are Fantastic Four all the fucking time. They always are playing Fantastic Four. And it's like, who is this Both for? of them. Who is watching this? <laughs> Some guy named Travis. Oh, Travis. <laughs> what a tragedy. <laughs> His name's a tragedy, whoever he is. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> please don't at me if your name is Travis. That's all Sarah's. You can you, you tweet at you her. You can at me. Yeah. Come at me, bros. All right. You're going to have a Travis. Travis storm later. but um, <laughs> It's going to be a travesty. Oh, fuck. End this podcast. All right. Well, um, right that now. was that's been shut it down. That's been we forgive you. It's a <laughs> podcast formally forgiving your favorites worst films. I hope you had a good time. Um, this never is, this forgive is the, Sarah. This is the last episode. Uh, we're done. Thank you. Bye. Wait, we we're not done. We have like eight more things to say. This movie's problematic. I have to talk about. It, it is really problematic, and I think that's the big revelation watching it again now. Because even though as I rewatched it. I was more aware of the things that are wrong with it, and obviously, like, I became more aware of people's criticism of it, but it wasn't until watching it now completely again as an adult that I was like, this is wrong. Like, there's something here that's just just kind of wretched underneath the surface of this movie, and it's really the biggest thing bogging it down, because I think on a technical level, everything flows rather decently, the performances are good for what they are. It's not the performance's fault. It is there's um there's scenes that don't make sense. It is mm-hmm. literally like three different movies being trying like they shot three different movies and tried to edit it together. And you can see it so often, especially with like how he has to get rid of Sandman so that like fifteen minutes more of the film can happen with another villain. He does that constantly. He's like juggling the multiple yeah. uh like villains of the film. And it's so interesting because it's like, this is what Avengers could have been. Mm -hmm. It could have been so misconstrued and separate from one another. And I mean, it it could have easily came out that way. And it's now this has kind of become like the warning of uh, superhero films when they kind of take on too much. Yeah. And it's, it's like a blueprint for any director that's trying to make one of these big compilation films like the Avengers films. It's a bit of, like, an omen for anybody who's, like, really struggling to, like, uh, pack these movies with as many villains and things as they can. Like, I think that's been the through line so far, is that, like, you know, you can have a superhero movie with multiple villains, but you're diluting the content of it so much. I think that's part of why the Marvel movies, like, even though a lot of them have weak villains, um, the ones that do have good villains, they focus on one central villain, and they really get to the heart of their story, and their, like, like, sort of, uh, their issues, and, like, they have, the like, genuine arcs. Spider-Man 3's villains are a tragedy to me. We were gonna talk about Sandman, and I feel like Sandman is, could, if he was the main villain, I think we could have done it. And I think that's probably what we're talking about, how they kind of forced Venom into this film. Well, it depends on how you look at it. Like, this, they either forced Sandman in, or they forced Venom in, or they forced New Goblin in. The New Goblin stuff was the stuff that had the most reason to be there following the events of the first two movies. But honestly, like, this could have been any of three movies, and 
it's a tragedy because in the villains in Spider-Man 1 and 2 are so memorable to me and I love them so and I think they're such a good benchmark for like superhero villains in these movies. I think Raimi does an ex- excellent job of like portraying these villains almost uh as the tragic figures of like universal monster movies. Like I think he does such a good job with them and I think he gives them such a inner struggle that none of the villains in Spider-Man 3 seem to have like uh, you can argue that like Harry Osborn has it somewhat of an internal struggle, but Sandman and Venom don't really have much of anything going on. I don't agree. I like Sandman. But no, here's the thing. I like Sandman too. I think Thomas Hayden Church does a lot more than anybody else should have been reasonably expected to do, given the material. Mm-hmm. But like honestly, outside of his introductory scenes where we find out who he is and then we see him turn to Sandman... What does he do, and what purpose does he have to go around beating the shit out of Spider-Man? I, I know, I agree with that, and I think that's a lot of the trouble with trying to weave these three different films together, is because they had to give, they had to now, like, kind of give Sandman a purpose to be so, like, violent, beca- between the fact that, I don't know, they tried to make him such a good character, they couldn't really balance it, and it's mostly to do with the fact that he needed to be, like, teamed up with Venom. And that was so quick and so, like, weirdly decisive. And then he's immediately upset about the fact that he decided to do that, but he felt like he had to. I'm like, how did you feel like you had to? You talked to him in, a, with, to him in an alley for, like, five minutes after you tossed him aside because he looked creepy. It's weird. I, it's all a mess. It's all a terrible mess. Yeah, it, it's like... Every, there's so much struggling to cram all these characters all the way to the finish line in a manner that makes sense and it just truly falls apart once you get to that last big climactic action scene and you're wondering why is anybody here and why is this happening the way that it is like it's it just you just feel the movie suddenly just like oh, just struggle to fit itself into a neat little ending that just doesn't really do any of the characters any good I think that last action scene is a fucking is such such a mess and it just tries to hand wave so many of the problems that have occurred throughout the film. I see some of the things that they're trying to do, but it it frustrates me to no end that like they thought that this would be the way to wrap things up. Like that they could really honest to God just like throw in a big dumb action scene and that we'd just kind of forget the past two and a half hours of nonsense. I mean this is pre Iron Man. We have to remember that. Like, this is... I mean, I don't remember what year Fantastic Four came out, but Fantastic Four was just as kind of sloppy. Yeah, I mean, these the films were sloppy. They were... I mean, Spider-Man yeah. 2 was probably the best constructed superhero film, like, around that time. I mean, we didn't get into, you know, higher quality, I would say, but I would just kind of mean better written and less studio-controlled films until we got Iron Man, post-Iron Man. Because then... Then, you know, DC was trying to keep up and failed, but I won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> but for the for the most part, I'm mostly upset. I know, whatever, the villains are whatever. I'm used to having shitty villains. I'm more upset about the characterization of Peter Parker. And this kind of goes into my overall feelings about Tobey Maguire's depiction of Peter Parker. Okay, we can go into that. I, actually, can can we can we do this maybe a little more chronologically? Because there are things about Peter that are presented in the beginning of this movie that are just weird to me, and I think show some of the problems in in like writing and in a uh, like just writing for Peter Parker in general. Go ahead. So so like 
the beginning of this movie is supposed to be like this really optimistic note of like Peter Parker Spider-Man and lives life is going great. And he tells and you so. There's <laughs> He tells you so. The opening narration I, I and there's things in there that I like in this uh opening bit. Um but at the same time it's like how old is Peter Parker? Oh, because here here we have a man he, he, it's not really a problem in the first two movies for me at all because it's it's pretty clearly delineated. He goes through high school, he's in college. That's all very clear to me. But in Spider-Man 3, we have somebody who's talking about marrying a woman and then we cut back to him in college where he's getting papers thrown at him like he's still in high school getting bullied by the big kids even though he's who is he I did how the math. old is this person I did the math and I'm um, not even the math like in the the franchise I'm just talking about uh Tommy Aguirre was like 34 <laughs> He was like yeah he okay, I forget cool. exactly how old he was actually he was 11 years ago he was 31 um I, I don't know why they casted him. I, and this kind of goes into the fact that even his look is wrong to me. Like when he, especially we're talking about, you know, that really? opening scene and then him going to meet up with Mary Jane. He, he's just, he's just a goof. <laughs> he doesn't look like a superhero. Even buff him doesn't look like a superhero to me. It's, everything's off. And it might be because, I've had my. I've now feel like I've had my perfect Spider-Man. That I'm even more critical to poor, poor Tobey Maguire. So I like Tobey Maguire. I think he's got that sort of wide-eyed wonderment in his face that works really well for him. I think. I think it's good that he's a doof. Like I, I like that he's just like a really nerdy, like just completely off person to be a superhero. I think that that, that works so well for him. And like, there's again, like there's bits of it. It's pitch perfect in spider-man one and two when the the movies knew what they were doing i think in spider-man three there's some moments of it like there's this moment in the beginning of the film where there's a screen in times square just like repeatedly playing like a a showreel of spider-man's awesome antics and there's some kids watching along with them and the moment the showreel stops the kids walk away and peter's response is hey stick around it's gonna start again in a couple of minutes I think that's adorable. Like I, oh, I really do. You really? I really. I hated do it. Do think that's adorable? That's wonderful. That's so pitch perfect for like this trilogy of movies. And I think that's such a good rendition of Peter for what these movies have been trying to do so far. Like I, I love it. I just took it as self-centered, and that's what it ends up being. I mean, and that's what as the story develops, he he's supposed to become more and more into himself so much so that the symbiote like exemplifies that, but. No, I, I don't like it. I, I think nerdy... I know. I think there is a place for the nerdy Peter Parker. But Tobey Maguire, and especially because of that time period, plays nerdy in a weird way. In a way that I was never, like, felt comfortable with. It was like, it was like a stereotypical what is a nerd to me. And they, they never... I feel like they never really found the balance between him being very, very intelligent... I think they focus too much on him being the photographer, that he seems kind of like a talentless jerk, except he has superpowers. Really? And I don't, I, I and maybe it's because I haven't rewatched the, the first two in a while that I don't, I don't see his like redemptive, uh, his qualities anymore because for the most part, I just saw a guy with superpowers who sometimes saves people, but I, I guess I've seen hope coming so recently that I feel like, uh, his his Spider-Man is much more um, overall good, like inherently good. Whereas I don't see that mm. inherently goodness in 
and Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker. Got it. So yeah, I think I think if you were to go watch this movie without having like recently rewatched the first two movies, you're definitely going to get that. Like Tobey Maguire's uh, Peter Parker in this movie is pretty insufferable. Otherwise, like there's moments of this where it's like you get the silliness and like the goofiness and like you you kind of like it, it benefits to see what uh what this kind of Peter Parker would be if he was more self centered and more. Uh, more corrupted like like the ways in which peter parker thinks he's being cool are so laughable and awesome and just charming to me uh throughout most of this movie um with the exception of some other egregious things that he does but he i understand like generally overall he is in this movie pretty difficult to deal with and I think that can be said for pretty much, like, a lot of the main cast, like, especially the returning players, like Kristen Dunst, who I think has pretty much been very underserved in the movies right up until Spider-Man 3, just can't do enough to, like, make herself seem likable in the face of, like, this soap opera <laughs> uh, melodrama that she's forced to deal with. Yeah, I definitely don't blame her for, like, and I don't even blame Tommy Maguire. It's definitely the writing that they were forced to work through, for the most part, that I feel like is what caused a lot of these issues. Like, they decided to write that he was going to dance like that after he got a suit, you know? Like, he did his best with what they thought was the best way to show what the symbiote symbiote makes you feel like sorry i'm trying to say symbiote but i'm starting to say it are you trying to say the same way that jenny that's what i was about to say no but i feel like that's how it's coming out so i under i i understand where symbiote symbiote is it symbiote say symbiote no it's symbiote are you kidding me listen i've played (laughs) spider-man for the ps1 which is the definitive canonical authority on all things spider-man damn they, it's symbiote. Okay, I'm going to say symbiote from now on. I'm sorry. Fucking hell. Symbiote. <laughs> <laughs> Am I saying it right? Symbiote? Symbiote. Like symbiote. Yeah, there we symbiote? go. Symbiote. Symbiote. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have gone over this before the goddamn podcast started. <laughs> well, I didn't realize it was going to be an issue. I thought it was clear. Symbiote. I'm sorry. I thought... I, I mailed you a copy of Spider-Man for PlayStation 1. <laughs> didn't did, you get you it? You did not, you dick. It's got, that would have been got awesome. a really good... <laughs> it's a really good game. Probably not, no, actually. No, I, I think I do- Dr. Octop- So, Dr. Octopus gets infected by Carnage, and yeah. then he becomes, like, Dr. Carnage. <laughs> like, oh, uh, he doesn't have a name, but it's cool seeing Carnage with, like, four Dr. Octopus tentacles. Anyway... Video games are weird, but that's another topic for another day. I think I rented it from uh, from Blockbuster when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, I also had Lego Racing. Oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah, it was a good game, dude. It was pretty good. I never actually raced. I would just, like, drive around, like, you know, like, Grand Theft Auto style. Just, like, wrecking shit. <laughs> the Lego. Fuck, yeah. Those Lego games are fantastic. They are. I just bought, uh, I just bought one recently. That's how good they are. Which one did you get? I got the complete Star Wars one for the Wii. Oh, hell yeah. The Star Wars ones are particularly awesome. They made the prequels fun. Like, it was so good. Yeah. Uh, we're starting at the prequels. It's, yeah, a, it's amazing. it's super good. Okay, come on. We gotta get back to this. Okay. Uh, why is there a random symbi- symbiote? symbiote alien in this goddamn film? Why is it? It just shows up two or three times for the first 
hour and a half of this film, it feels like. There, it's only, like, wiggling around in three different shots. Yeah. <laughs> and then it finally comes out and makes Tommy McGuire have, like, an emo hair flip. Okay. So, we need to talk about a lot of things regarding the symbiote, because I feel like a lot of people have come down really hard on the symbiote stuff. And I know what the symbiote is, and it looks good. It doesn't look bad in the film. I don't blame it. It looks cool, and I also don't think that it needs, like, a reason for being. Like, like, although I agree that it should be in its own movie, focusing more on the Venom stuff, if it needs to be there at all. Like, I, I think... I, I think I think it's cool that like the moment that uh, Peter Parker begins becoming more self-involved and and just more of a awful human being that this thing comes out from the sky to help manifest those feelings uh, and basically like directly tarnish uh, the Spider-Man suit and and go ahead and really but exemplify you don't think, that. You don't think that's a little bit out of like the world they built for them to just start having aliens. That's my problem. Not really, because it. Th- this is a franchise that's been full of phony science and like mad scientist tropes. Like, I mean, just think about like the the neurotoxin or the fucking uh, the the goblin serum in Spider Man One and uh, the uh, the precious tritium from Spider Man Two. Like, there's really well, we could even say the sand. Going into the molecules of Sandman. Yeah, the... Which is never explained. Where the fuck is he? What is he doing? Where is he? What were they working on? They're not even upset that it didn't work. They just left the project alone. Maybe it did work. And then they never said Maybe it did work. They just let him go? Maybe there's just a facility. There's a particle physics reactor in New York somewhere that just occasionally stirs up some sand in a pit. (laughs) <laughs> and then they say, all right, we're done. Let's go home. Oh we did God. a really good job today. We did great. We did a great job. Thing, uh, there was a sand tornado, and then that was the end of it. So we'll do this again next that week. That was it. And we may have killed the dude for sure, <laughs> but whatever. It was a bird. It's okay. It's a sand. It was a bird. It's a sand we could definitely, controlling we, bird. We can definitely just... <laughs> Kill that bird. We're definitely... A high-tech particle physics reactor owning facility, but we don't have sensors that indicate uh, whether or not uh, a bird or a human man, which weigh significantly different amounts, are in our uh, sand pit that we're going to blow the fuck up. For no reason. Just because that's what we do every night. That's what we do. We're paid lots of money to blow up this sand pit. What was the... I don't want to think about it. I'm so confused. It's... I didn't even get upset about that during the movie. I it, I was more upset about him punching that dog in the face <laughs> than That's I was. That's wild. But then again, that dog was a cop, so that dog, it's... You can punch dog cops, guys. <laughs> yeah. We forgive you. Formally lets you know. M- make sure to film dog cops whenever they, they perform police abuse. Film that dog um... cop and punch it in the face if you have to. Oh man, I don't like this. I don't like where this is going either. But you know, I don't like the tone. Why did you do that? Why did you tell everybody to punch the dog cops? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to induce violence. I was just making an observation. The dog was a cop. Don't punch the dog cops. Don't punch any dogs. Give them head rubs. Leave them alone. They've had a rough day. Actually, don't don't touch police dogs at all. Don't touch police dogs because they're gonna definitely wreck your shit. They are trained to wreck your shit. They are, you will not have hands anymore. Oh, man. Those guys are scary. 
That's true. So anyway, Sandman punched one, and then and then he fell into the sand pit, turned to a big old glob of sand, which is which like. I really like that scene. I like it too. Like that's some good bogus shit. science aside, I think it's one of the most beautiful scenes in this whole movie. Yeah, and it's a shame that the movie cannot follow up on the Sandman character in any way after this point. This is it. This is it for Sandman. This is the only and best point for Sandman's character to go. Real quick, can we talk about uh, Snowboard Goblin? Oh, the new Goblin! I hate Snowboard Goblin. <laughs> I hate. I hate his outfit. I hate. I hate Sean White, New Goblin. I hate um, Franco. <laughs> Can we hate Franco? I hate Franco. I don't like him. I think he does. I think he does fine in the first two movies. I think here, when he has to play a direct antagonist to Peter, is when he just sort of falters. Like it's a shame. Like he's doing weird stuff, and it's kind of funny, but it's not at all really like effectively intimidating or compelling. I think he just got handed a bad card, like. Like I can, I can imagine James Franco thinking that okay, they've been setting up my character as a new goblin for two movies now. Uh, I think it's safe to say that I'm going to get my own movie to explore this character, and then immediately get sort of shafted to the side, given that really nonsensical like short-term memory loss that basically basically keeps him at bay for like another hour of the movie. That's all this film does is keep people at bay with those kinds yeah. of things it's it's so uncomfortable and like it's like going back and forth and back and forth with like bad soap opera tape like scenes it's it's so ugly <laughs> it's, i hate it i that's what made me more upset than anything was like how the plot goes in and out in and out and then i was just sitting there forgetting about everything else like i would sit there and i'd be like wait where's where's sandman right now Wait, what happened to the symbiote? Symbiote? Symbiote. Where the fuck is the symbiote? I just saw it. Like, it'd been, it's been a half hour since I saw that thing hanging out in yeah. his room. And, it, and it's such a shame. Because, like, again, like I, it, it kind of leaves you thinking, like, oh, wow, this, this could have been a good movie in this aspect. We could have had a cool Sandman moment. We could have had a decent symbiote Venom movie. Like, even though Venom is kind of a shit character, like... I don't think that everything that they did with Venom in this movie is all that wrong. Like, I, I, th- I think the, I think Danny Elfman's uh, theme song for the symbiote suit is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, Danny Elfman did a great and job. I, yeah, yeah, he killed sure. it, and I love that theme. And I, I really do think the, 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 the first scene of Peter Parker waking up with the symbiote suit on in the middle of the city, like is actually like a really cool way of selling sort of like the intoxicating nature of that whole suit and what it does for him. Like, I think that's neat. Um, and maybe it's just because like it, it I remember it uh, playing out that way in like a lot of the nineties cartoons and comics, but like, I, I think that's a cool scene. And I like, I think the idea of like the black suit isn't inherently awful. Um, it's just the movie fails to follow up on any of these things and address the consequences of Peter using the symbiote suit and what he does with it. Can, can we talk about the, the, the... Here's the one thing about Spider-Man 3 that I have trouble forgiving, and it's what Peter does to Mary Jane near the end of the movie. Well, Peter's a dick, and they made him a dick even before... I think he was a dick before everything went down. Like, I don't understand why they made it him stupid. That he didn't know that making out with another girl was going to be upsetting. And they don't even, uh, like, explain that. 
Yeah, there's no real reason for it other than that he's just, like, blinded by the glory of being Spider-Man and his life being so good. Again, like, that's some bad stuff with Peter's characterization, but that jazz club scene is awful to watch. And he's just creepy, and girls just go along with it. For some reason, like, I, I don't understand why either women are attracted to him because he has the bangs, but then also, like, they're, they can't make decisions for themselves. Even Mary Jane's character has this scene where she's, like, told by uh, Franco's character to break up with, right? Like, he basically tells her to break up with. He forces her. It's a part of his evil scheme. Why? She? They didn't need that. She could have broken up with him, and it would have made sense. Yeah, she had enough reason. I don't know. It's but... like they added that. It's like they, they shot it like she made the decision herself. And then they went back and shot her getting forced to make that decision. Yeah, because they're like, oh, shit, we, we forgot James Franco is in the movie. Oh, we forgot women can't make decisions it. on their own. They have to be, like, yeah. whispered to and, like... Let's not let's not forget that Peter basically ends up hitting Mary Jane and throwing her down on the ground. Even inadvertently, he goes to her place of work and starts beating up on all the guards in her place of employment. And basically puts her, like, job at risk. And then, after he hits her, he doesn't really do anything to, like, apologize or, like, make things right. Instead, he just goes and saves her from Venom and Sandman. And I guess that makes it okay that he hit uh, his girlfriend. This is, like, how you ruin a character. Like, how I, like, I'm happy it didn't go forward. I don't know how we could have had that all happen. And then be, like, the next film, everybody, they're both happy... Uh, you know, Franco's character's dead. It it wouldn't have worked. So, um, I'm kind of happy it ended. Yeah, like, I, I, that's the one thing that, like, I just can't. In, in, a, in a movie series that's been all about, like, addressing power and responsibility, uh, once this movie series goes into, like, the more shadier parts of adulthood, like, the roughs of relationships and marriages and all that, like, it's just material that's way too serious and heady for Raimi's Spider-Man series to tackle. And the moment that Peter strikes down Mary Jane is, like, basically, like, the killing note of this movie for me. Like, I really can't defend it after that. Because uh, the fact is that that scene goes unaddressed, and it's very uncomfortable to watch. Can we partially forgive the film? Can we just let the actors and Danny Elfman go? I think so. I think there's no salvaging this movie, but I do think that we were lucky enough to, at the time that we did, get the first two Spider-Man movies, and I think those set such a huge benchmark for superhero cinema, and just, like, really are, like, still, to this day, in my opinion, like, uh, classics of American cinema, that I can forgive the third one not living up to that in any capacity and i really like when i watch spider-man 3 like it's not a great experience but like i really can't pin it on any of these people like these are all talented individuals that uh just got handed a really bad deck i mean we're in the best timeline i mean we would have had like 40 year old spider-man by now (laughs) all right actually i take that back now i want to see 40 year old toby mcguire doing this shit Oh man. We just got the we just got the perfect like teenage Spider-Man and now you're like no, I want the 40-year-old yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, let me get old man Spidey. I want the Logan. Old man Spidey. Can I can I get the Logan of the of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies? 
Oh, fuck. No, let it die. I'm done with it. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. I'm also ready never to have to watch this again. Um, <laughs> that's important to me. Yeah. Tell me I never have to watch it again, Alex. Sarah, you don't have to watch Spider-Man 3 anymore. <laughs> Thank you so the much. Debt ha- the debt has been paid. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what to do with this Blu-ray. Um... <laughs> What do we do with Just, it? What do we do with it now that it's over? Can I can I donate it to someone? That's that's mean. I wouldn't donate <laughs> it because um, somebody else is going to have to watch it. Then I would just keep it and make sure that it doesn't get watched by some people. Yeah, I'm going to bury it under a floor. Because um, I mean, all the good clips are online anyway. Like the the clip of uh, James Franco uh, eating the pie and saying it's so good with that uh, <laughs> weird smile on his face. I've used the Tobey Maguire crying over uh, Franco's dead body gif uh, about like four times in the last week up to watching this <laughs> yeah it's it's great there's some good stuff in there james franco flips an omelet because i guess that's how oh my god dumb cooking is so upsetting to me <laughs> it's so dumb and he literally spoons two spoonfuls of peppers what does he do with the rest of the fucking peppers nothing he's rich and white he doesn't have to worry about the rest of the peppers he doesn't have to worry about wasting food white people upset me He's he's Harry Osborn and he fucks with peppers. I don't want to talk about this anymore, guys. We're gonna do another episode of this, but uh, if you could go to our Twitter and tell us what the next episode is gonna be, tell us what you think is probably the best director or maybe one of the best director or actors' worst films that they've done. Something that we really need to go back to and maybe let them off the hook for that one. Okay, our Twitter handle is we forgive you pod, and uh, that's all. That's our only representation on the internet right now. Hey, wasn't it weird when like all of New York got really horny for Spider Man and Gwen Stacy to kiss? Oh, it was so gross. Why did they want? Him? Why did they want them to kiss? Ew, let's end this. Hey, New York, you're gross. Hey, New York, why are you so horny <laughs> for Spider Man? That's it. We're done. I'm ending it. Uh, bye, everybody. Uh, this has been Alex Fernandez. This is Sarah Sarantia. Thanks for listening. That's uh, We Forgive You. Uh, Internal pressure is five Gs. <laughs>